Hello, my beautiful friends, and welcome back to Beautifully Broken. My name is Sabby, and if you don't know who I am, I started a YouTube channel called Beautifully Broken over a year ago, where I started giving tips, guidance, tools, and knowledge on how we can better understand ourselves, our past, and present stories, and in doing so, we can help heal our mental health. I help others gain a deeper understanding of themselves so that they can heal what needs to be healed in order to move forward into a happier sense of self. I believe that in looking back at the traumas, emotional wounds, and old narratives we carry, that we learn what needs to be healed in order to better our mental health. Welcome back everyone to Beautifully Broken. Today I have something different. Today I'll be talking to a really good friend of mine, Jordan Vega. Um, I went to school with him actually to at, at Whittier College and we stayed in touch for a little bit and I've seen a lot of his material on Instagram and his journey through his mental health. So I thought it'd be really helpful for him to come on here and tell us a little bit about his story, his struggles with mental health and his advice and anything that may resonate with anyone else out there. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Uh, and like, you know, I mentioned earlier, I'm truly appreciative of, you know, having the opportunity to share my experiences and my message and, you know, uh, the way mental health has affected my life in a positive way. So thank you so much for allowing me to be part of your podcast. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, of course. I feel like, you know, we spoke before your story really resonates with me personally. So I feel like it could definitely help someone else out there and make them feel less alone. Awesome. So uh, let's see, uh, you guys know, you know, my name is Jordan Vega. Um, I am currently a doctor of chiropractic student studying uh, sports medicine um, at SCU. Uh, and uh, let's see, before my career in chiropractic, um, I actually had a very successful career in digital marketing. Um, it started off in professional sports and then it branched off into some, uh, some freelance work in um, fashion and entertainment. And then ultimately I landed my last position as a senior digital marketing analyst for AEG. Um, you know, that was an amazing career that I had uh, and ultimately is something I'm so thankful for but it really did uh, paint the picture and show me what I really want to do for the rest of my life. And it really allowed me to return back to my passions. So I'm truly thankful for my previous career uh, in digital marketing um, as it you know, will pan out and hopefully benefit me in my next career as a chiropractor. Um, but before uh, that, you know, I got my master's in sports management uh, in 2015. Um, I got my bachelor's in kinesiology at Whittier College, where we met. Uh, I think we met well, our freshman year of yeah. college. Yeah, uh, in, uh, <laughs> we were in the same dorm, I think. That's right. Yeah. Did you live above me? Was it the floor above me? Yeah, I was in third floor. I was in third floor Stauffer, where it was ah, like yes. half boys, half girls. That's right. I totally remember that now. It was a it was a nice mixture, but weird at the same time. And like <laughs> being a small university, like you know, we all knew each other within like the first couple of weeks. So that's that's crazy. My roommate freshman year, what was her name? Oh, Amy. Amy. Yes, Amy. Amy that's how we met. Yeah, I think that we met through her specifically. I'm pretty that's sure. You. That's right, because we were um, in like the same like selective or something like that with Dr. Holmes and Dr. Yes. Cook. 
yes and yeah stuff, right there we go it's all coming back I oh love my I god yes <laughs> from the past yeah and then yeah. like we intermittently would run into each other like the rest of the year I didn't and then at that point I think you know can't believe we lived you know right underneath each other and then you know here we are all these years later having like you know this this moment it's pretty magical in my opinion yeah <laughs> I think it's so cool how people reconnect years later I think that that's amazing so you know bachelor's from Whittier College um, I grew up uh, in Southern California in Los Angeles um, I'm born and raised um, you know I grew up in a very you know traditional uh, Mexican-American household. You know, my parents are first-generation uh, Mexican-Americans, and so that made me second-generation Me- Mexican-American. I mean, it was this weird, like, you know, not this weird, this beautiful duality of, you know, um, this uh, Christian, Baptist, and Catholic uh, faith that was structured and surrounded our cultural heritage that was, you know, being Mexican and, you know, identifying... Uh, and then figuring out, like, you know, how our culture resonated with us as being Mexicans, but also being American, born in, what, the early 1990s. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, during that whole cultural shift that we were all experiencing, the whole cultural awareness um, in, in itself. So, you know, I grew up, you know, very, in, you know, typical middle class Latino family in Los Angeles um and was your mental health at that point like pretty prominent or um like had you been struggling when you were younger or did it happen more like in your late adulthood or you know I ultimately don't think I was aware of my mental health and I thought like maybe I was happy because of the things that I was doing because it was pleasing other individuals yeah um and you know uh I, I don't think I knew any better for a long period of time um, until that people pleasing ultimately exploded in my face. Um, and I didn't realize that until maybe my uh, early 20s. And I think maybe all of us start to have some sort of realization in like your early to mid 20s as to, you know, wait a second, things aren't working out the way and I'm not feeling the way I I know I should be feeling or what I deserve to be feeling. Yeah. And so that's when, you know, I started making my mental health uh, integration was, you know, not until like my early to mid twenties. Was there anything that like that set you off in a way or triggered you to have that realization of like, okay, you know, mental health is a thing and um, you know, that you need to be more aware of it or anything like that. Ultimately, I knew I had experienced trauma in my life. Um, And I was aware of that trauma um, going into like my and the trauma associated with my coming out experience. Mm -hmm. I was aware I was aware of that trauma going into college, you know, into my young adulthood and into my mid 20s adulthood as well. Um, And over time, I saw my actions as direct repercussion of that unhealed trauma. I was acting in ways um, that was rooted in that trauma um, that, you know, wasn't healthy for me. Um, It wasn't benefiting me um, in a multitude of ways. Um, And so I, I, you know, I was aware of that trauma, but ultimately what made me want to, you know, 
go uh, and kind of heal from that trauma was a culmination of things. I think it took some maturity on my end, um, some growth within myself to finally say, okay, you know, I, I think I want to go to therapy or I want to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. But then also, you know, the cultural, societal, and financial components that are associated with mental health. Um, and, and for me, at my point in time, I was, I wanted to see a therapist and I wanted to talk to someone. So, you know, coming to terms with that, all my, my own self-maturity and all like, you know, the cultural, financial, social um, aspects, is it took some time for myself. Could you highlight why that had traumatized you so much and what maybe prevented you from either wanting to come out or like what happened exactly and then and then in turn like how did that trauma influence you you know later on without you recognizing it because you you had mentioned that you were you know a certain action you noticed that certain actions were a direct reflection of unhealed trauma can you highlight some of those yeah of course um so I I think I was aware of my self-hate I was aware of my guilt I was aware of my um, shame in myself. Um, you know, I think when I realized that I was gay, um, I, I remember, uh, you know, I think I I had mentioned, you know, I grew up in a very like, you know, Christian, Baptist, Catholic, you know, uh, Latino family culture, which, which, you know, helped me in so many ways that I, I, I'm so thankful for the lessons and, you know, the discipline and the love um, that I received in many other realms of my life. Um, You know, when it came to the aspect of me being gay and me, like, you know, loving myself, um, it was something that, you know, uh, uh, what wasn't, uh, it it was frowned upon necessarily. And it was uh, looked down upon in every single aspect. Um, And I think at that point in time, it was like what the early 2000s. Um, Yeah, LGBT culture like was a thing and part of like mainstream media. But in terms of like really branching out in terms of educating like, you know, the suburbs, you know, where I was growing up and, you know, that small a small town feeling um it, it takes some time and I think as a society we were all growing through that evolution and you know looking back on it now it was a beautiful um you know opportunity for me to see my own growth within myself and acceptance in my sexuality and who I was to kind of mirror the at least uh, America's acceptance with LGBT individuals so that's been a nice parallel parallelism that I've seen you know within my own story and with the uh, overall um, societal acceptance and global acceptance it's LGBT individuals but ultimately going back to that like you know I was aware of you know the disapproval the hate um the um the, uh, I guess the shadow band, the, you know, unspoken, the evil. Like the um, taboo, all, yeah. Exactly. The taboo things were associated with being LGBT or being gay because that's that's what, you know, I was taught. That's, you know, what I, what I knew. Um, I, you know, I remember learning about AIDS, you know, uh, in, in school. And I remember being this little, little, little paragraph. And I remember something like they learned about Harvey Milk and, and I honestly thought that, you know, and, and, it, and it, for all intents and purposes, it was, you know, AIDS was a, and still is, like, you know, a pan, uh, a pandemic that came through, yeah. the, the, through the LGBT community and specifically affected gay men and, and killed off 
generations of gay men, you know, for individuals like myself to look up to, to kind of model after, to be exposed to. I mean, granted, I know um, LGBT individuals, we are everywhere and we are vibrant and proud in everything that we do. But, you know, that was my only focal point in terms of, you know, what being gay was, was it was being, you know, and associated with AIDS. So Mm. I thought for the longest time that, you know, I was a disease, that I was like, you know, dirty that I was like sinful and all these you know these words all kind of mirrored the same you know ideal um ideal ideology that I was experiencing from the church that I was going to you know what my parents were telling me you know from what society and my community was telling me so there was a lot of self-hate there and then I think ultimately like you know um there were you know suicidal thoughts all the time 100% did I act on those suicidal thoughts I did not and I think you know that has has made me strong and what has um, allowed me to kind of grow and you know look back at these moments these were such pivotal times in my life um, that I chose not to act on those suicidal thoughts Um, yeah that's huge that's huge and and, you know, my coming out experience in itself was traumatic. Um, all, for all intents and purposes, I was gay bashed multiple times um, for coming out. Um, and it mortified me. And it, you know, has direct implications to how I act as an adult today. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, it took me a long time to accept that trauma, to, you know, to accept that that happened to me. And, and you know, that was not okay. And, you know, that I was valid for feeling the feelings that I was feeling you know at that time that you know that that's that that hate I thought like you know I was wrong for even feeling like you know that I was um hateful because everyone was telling me that I was hateful and that I was evil or that I was you know messed up or going to hell um you know I thought I really did deserve this and so it was something that I just became accustomed to and like in that self there's so much toxicity and you know so much unlearning that I had to do to realize that I didn't deserve that and I didn't deserve that type of love and I don't and no one deserves that type of love moving like ever Um, and so I had so there were direct implications from like you know my own coming out experience and granted it was it wasn't just like you know a one-time thing that happened and done you know this was a pull over years periods of time you know um that I learned to accept the hate that I was given and to that it was okay to hate myself. So mm-hmm. that process took me a lot to unlearn. And then ultimately it turned me into a people pleaser um, oh, as yeah. I went out into my young adulthood life. Um, I remember you, you uh, briefly telling me on the phone the other day about codependency. How was that for you? I know because I've been to a, I went to a codependency meeting, actually several and my first meeting for me was the most eye-opening. Um, how, like, what was that experience like for you? What prompted you to to see that light and go down that path and realize that that's what it was? Yeah. So it was actually um, after you know, you know, you know. I'm I'm married. I love my husband. Um, he is the best thing that has ever happened to me. Like I'm I'm so thankful for he him. He is like, so I, he seems so amazing. I've seen like <laughs> every time you guys post anything, I'm like, oh my god, that's the love that I want. It's just it's <laughs> the cutest thing. 
Thank you. Thank you. I am truly thankful for him entirely. Um, he has seen my growth and my progression. Um, and, and I love him forever. And I want him to succeed. And I want him to live the most passionate life that he wants because he deserves that. Because he's the, one of the most beautiful people, if not the most beautiful person that I have ever met on this earth. And I'm so thankful for him. Um, and so I love him. I love him. I love my husband. Um, but in, you know, I, you know, I feel like in this, you know, development and, and growth, you know, in terms of love and appreciation that we have for each other and respect and passion for each other, there was, you know, that, that, that took some time that took, you know, we had to fight for it. We had to make decisions for each other about each other um, and, and really put you know, our egos aside um, and, and really do what was best for us. And, and, and that took some time and, and, and we had some time apart um, um in our mid twenties. And that's when I became, you know, I started my digital marketing career and I really became my own individual person, um, separate from, um, being in a relationship with my husband. Um, and before that, you know, we were in a four year relationship. We were together from when we were 18 to like 22, we broke up and they got back together around 26, 27. So there was, um, some years that we grew up on our own and, those years were extremely important to me. Um, I, I realized um, what codependency was um, after a friend had talked to me, after there was, you know, me and my husband, we dated other people in between when we were broken up. Um, and we, and I had a fail, uh, a relationship that failed um, in between um, my husband, his, my first relationship with my husband and then um, what the relationship that we eventually got married um, into. Um, I had another relationship that didn't work out and um, a friend really, you know, highlighted and really took me out and sat me down and explained to me, you know, what a codependent relationship um, um, was. Um, and it was something that I, I think after he was expressing it, I was like, yeah, of course. I was like, yes, I know that. Like, that's exactly what it was. Like, what's wrong mm -hmm. with that? Um, and, and I didn't realize that, that's not healthy, that that's not something that, you know, you, you, it's just not healthy for an individual. And I had to unlearn that that was not, that that was like, I had to learn that that was not okay because I thought that codependent, a codependent relationship was how I was going to survive in this world. I became such yeah. a people pleaser that um, my relationship manifested in that. And my relationship with my husband the first time manifested as that as well. And I was codependent on my husband for a lot of things. I was codependent on my husband, you know, uh, because his family took me in for some time um, because there was, you know, uh, issues with me and my family, uh, with me being gay. And, you know, I became codependent on him for validation in a mm. multitude of factors. And uh, it, it took that breakup, us breaking up that first time for me to really stand on my own two feet and you know develop a name for myself and that's when I you know I went off and got my master's and I went off and started my digital marketing career which you know I'm so thankful for you know those experiences and I moved you know out on my own you know I moved to West Hollywood and lived out there for you know five six years and you know grew into my own individual person as a gay man and I had to live a single gay man's life I think that's really important um you know to experience you know what 
being an LGBT individual is in this world. Um, Would you say that 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 definitely impacted your mental health and, you know, finding yourself and becoming more independent and and healing those parts of yourself that needed to be healed? 100%. It allowed me to establish that independence um, and to really realize that, you know, codependency, it, it, it was a survival tactic for me for the longest time. Um, and, you know, being independent really showed me and, you know, standing on my own two feet validated, I validated myself that I was capable and I was powerful. Um, and in that power, I could choose happiness and I could choose love every single day and every single action that I do. Um, and, and it's ultimately once I came to that realization of that power um, and ultimately, this was a process. Like, this wasn't like I woke up <laughs> overnight and it was like, bam. I, you know, I went to therapy for two years, every single week, sometimes multiple times a week, like twice a week. And I worked through a lot of things. And it's, it's what I needed. But standing on my own two feet and realizing how powerful I am and cho- that, and that I can choose love and I can choose happiness and I can choose. Um, and I have the power to choose, you know, um, w- how, what my actions are uh, really set me on the path to reset and revisit my passions and to start my chiropractic career. So it's been a whole one 360 um, <laughs> coming, you know, to everything and hitting a big reset button on my life. That is amazing. I love to hear stuff like I obviously you've heard a little bit of mine, but to something similar where you, we all have that one turning point that like, we either hit our lowest low. I think that's what it is. I think we hit our lowest low and we sit there and we go, okay, either I can sink or swim. Like, you know, what am I going to do? And you chose to swim. You're like, all right, I'm climbing out of this and I'm going to heal what needs to be healed. I'm going to become my own person and choose love, choose love, not, not, not see that it's something that you have to have with another person, but it's that something that you choose, you know, self-love I feel in the mental health journey is, so so huge and I feel like it can be become like a toxic positivity thing but with the way that you've explained it so eloquently it's it's <laughs> more it's more than that it's more it's more just knowing that you can provide the things that you deserve and need and want on your own and being with someone else is an added bonus you know and that's yes. that was my that was my journey with codependency as well so I resonate with that and it's very difficult it's very, very difficult. And same with me, it took a breakup for me to like hit a wall and go, okay. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what was, what would you say um, was the most key beneficial thing that kind of like put a light bulb up in your head when through your mental health journey, through codependency and becoming your own individual? It's when I, through therapy, I realized that I was a people pleaser. Um, that I, I people pleased everyone because I was afraid of letting people in to really see um, who I was, or I was afraid of being who I, you know, wanted to be. I was, you know, groomed to act a certain way um, because of my upbringing, and you know, groomed to be and do certain things because I thought, you know, if I was acting on my internal, uh, natural um, aura and own self. Uh, that that was hateful, that that was evil, that that was wrong, that that was, you know, you're going to hell, uh, you're the devil, you know, um, I, I, I associated all those negative things with 
characteristics of myself that naturally pulled pulled me. So I had to unlearn a lot of things. I had to unlearn like, you know, the association with a lot of um, characteristics that I'd associated with my internalized hate and homophobia um, for myself and my unwillingness to uh, walk in my full true self um, every single day in every single step. And that took practice. Like, mm -hmm. I want you to know, like, I failed so many times, like, over and over and over again. And I still fail. Like, I am I am not perfect. And I, I do not wake up and, like, live this sunshine, like, you know, <laughs> and rainbows life every single day. Like, like yeah, I, not a Disney movie. It's <laughs> exactly. It is not that. It is not that. It is never that. Like, some shit's happening like we're all experiencing some shit with COVID on top of that but like yeah some shit's happening in my life right now like where I'm just like what the fuck bro like you know <laughs> being yeah. being a student like again and like you know in this entire process and following following my passions I have learned like humility empathy patience like all these moral attributes that you know, grind me and test me every single day. And then I fail those tests. Like, no, I, I'm not perfect. So it's this constant, you know, you know, acceptance of that I will make mistakes, but also returning to that center mm -hmm. and returning to that, you know, that balance of that. I, in every action that I do, I choose love. Um, and, you know, if I chose love and it blows up in my face, at least I can say I chose love and I didn't yeah. choose something for any egotistical reason. Exactly. Dude, I noticed very recently I went through something called an ego death and I feel like that's the same. Awesome. You're explaining the exact same thing. Yeah. It's, uh, it's eye-opening for sure. But as soon as that ego death happens and you're on that journey of love and self-love and mental health, it's, uh, you fall several times <laughs> you you fall like right on your face and you're going okay I got this I got this and then smack and then you're like all right shit I gotta get back up and start over again yes. but what yes. was that for you finding your center point and what brings you back to being grounded anytime you do have those moments what what is what is that for you um you know there's a lot of them for me um uh, I think one of the major ones is that I, I, I actually like in my meditation and I meditate a lot. Um, you know, I, and I, it's not like this for me, meditation is more like this sitting still and thinking and reflecting, you know, on experiences or, you know, just sitting and listening and being still. Um, but in that, you know, meditation, I reflect back to myself, um, my younger self, um, you know, in terms of what, what I, what, what would my younger self had needed in a role model to get through what he was going through? Um, you know, um, and, and that's one of the things that I turn back to. Um, another one um, is uh, in my coming out experience, you know, realizing that I deserve love and that I am worthy of love. I think, you know, understanding that in that component and looking back on times where I had was given love and, you know, that I was loved. Um, have always, you know, fueled me to kind of return back to my center. Um, and then most recently, and this is this is a big one, I think these are two big ones right now in my life, um, kind of like professionally and personally, mm -hmm. um, a little bit. Um, professionally, you know, um, I, I love 
my path in becoming a chiropractor right now. It is everything I would have imagined and I am learning and growing in all the realms that I I am so fortunate to have been given this opportunity to grow in. Um, because looking back, you know, the choices that I made, I could have not chosen this. I could have chosen to stay like, you know, at my big boy corporate Fortune 500, you know, uh, job making six figures and, you know, living the life in West Hollywood and not ever having to worry about X, Y, or Z that I am having to worry about today. Um, but returning back and understanding, you know, that, that unhappiness that I felt, um, that lack of passion, that lack of excitement, that lack of love that was there in every single action that I did, that lack of spark, that lack of joy, um, you know, under- realizing to come to terms with how I had gotten myself there um, mm-hmm. humbles me in my path today. It uh, kind of makes me feel thankful for the little wins that I have. Um, even though, you know, it could be just be like, oh my God, I, I, I didn't fail my test today. I got a 71% goodness. <laughs> or it could be like, you know, I came up to the mountains today and, you know, realizing and kind of focusing on those little itty bitty wins, um, every single day and trying not to, but it's this whole like refocus of balance. Like, like, don't get me wrong. Like in that same breath of where, you know, I got a 71%. I'm like, Jordan, you should have studied harder. Like, what the <laughs> fuck, man? Um, so coming to that, that appreciation for where I'm at right now and my own path and my own journey, um, I made mistakes and I think, you know, um, it's important for me to acknowledge the mistakes that I've made, uh, and, and learning to forgive myself and those mistakes. And I still make mistakes every single day. I, I probably made like a million today already. So, um, <laughs> and then most recently I kind of mentioned, you know, yeah, professionally, that's what it is, you know, um, you know, looking back at my previous career and how like, you know, I, I chose to come, come to chiropractic and I chose this for myself. Um, but, uh, personally, like, you know, my father, uh, had a stroke, um, uh, 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 earlier this year in 2020. Um, and you know, um, it, it, things are different. Uh, and I think, seeing how it has affected my dad Mm. and how my dad is changing from this in the positive and negative ways that are associated with having a stroke um makes me and I'm sorry I'm just this is one of the first times like I've actually really like talked about it too so uh it just makes me so thankful that I make decisions to return to my family. Yeah. Uh, after, you know, all the ha- bullshit that kind of happened with my coming out experience. Uh, and I'm truly thankful for that decision to choose love. Cause I did like, I chose love in this decision to come back to my family because I was contemplating to remove them entirely from my life because I needed it for my own self-growth and it was holding me back in so many ways. Uh, And so right now, like, you know, personally looking back, you know, how I'm so thankful for that decision and so thankful in like my decisions, you know, 
choose my husband as well too you know I'm, I'm so and I'm going to return to that as well like I'm so thankful for my husband and thankful in my decisions to choose to love my husband and to accept the love that he gives me and to accept him for who he is so mm-hmm. you know I personally those are things that like I return to to help kind of keep me balanced when when things kind of get a little rocky that is amazing to hear that's beautiful I mean yeah I think in life, right? We, it doesn't matter what happens. Like we have to find peace in that chaos. And it seems like that's what you've done is, you know, having a solid mental health foundation and base of a, a system to bring yourself back in, into balance is key because, you know, life is life. It's just going to keep happening and we can't control or predict what will happen. And I'm so sorry to hear about your father, but I'm glad to hear that at least, you know, you're closer to your family again, and you and you have that space to have that love and foundation and relationship. I think that's amazing. Do you, while everything, you know, with, within the chaos, do you have any set routine that you have for your mental health? Or are there any, any actions or, or, you know, yeah, is there a routine that you have just generally? Yeah, so um, I actually, uh, you know, always try to return to balance. And I think, Balance is like a big word that has been part of my journey in chiropractic as well. Um, I, I This path, becoming a doctor, becoming a chiropractor, it's not easy. Like I, I have a bachelor's, I have a master's, like I, I'm not like some hill, like I'm just, I'm just, I'm an educated individual. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, um, this is hard. <laughs> I, I am stressed so often I have uh, anxiety disorder not not from like life anxiety from being a student and mm. and in that same breath like I am aware that this is student anxiety like being a student isn't like you experience this you know going and experience the real world after college like it's different it's fucked up school fucks you up it does it <laughs> don't prepare you for like real life you know like not at all no, exactly I, it's like I feel like it within my own Whittier experience like I experienced real life not educationally but like socially you know like I had so many traumatic things happen to me during that time that it forced me to like <laughs> have these pretty crazy growth moments without realizing it but then when I came back home, but I lived in Whittier for a little bit after I graduated. And then I was like, oh, this is hard. This is tough. <laughs> I moved right. I was like, nope, I'm going, I'm going home. I can't do this. And it's incredibly isolating because most of my friends had moved away after they graduated. So I was alone in my own. Right. Home. You're like out of here. I'm done. Yeah. I was like, ooh, and yeah, like there's so many things I had to heal from that. I felt like I needed the support from my family, even if they didn't know what was going on, like just indirectly. So I, that was yes. my experience with it. So yeah, school yes. does not prepare you for life outside of it and being an actual adult, you know? Exactly. And and going back to school as an adult, like not to say that, you know, that 21 and 22 year olds who were fresh out of college, you know, and started, you know, the same year with me, you know, they're not to say that they're not adults, they are adults, they are experiencing yeah. adult life in their own pace, in their own form. But I was at a completely different point in my adulthood and in my career as well, that uh, I 
was kind of shocked uh, by the student culture and like, you know, the university culture that is um, associated with being a student. It took me some time to adjust. Um, but I think with, you know, me being an older student, I was aware of that I can't let school be my life because yeah. if it becomes my life, I'm going to have the exact same culture shock like or mental fuck that I, you know you get once yeah. you step into the real world after school like let's just be honest with you and and I don't want that for myself um because it, it was hard and I don't I don't <laughs> wish that experience on anyone <laughs> um, and so I, I find myself you know in my personal life returning to that balanceness, um, you know, whether that be, and it, it is like, you know, um, uh, spending time with my family, you know, spending time with my dad and with my mom and my brothers and my sisters, um, spending time with my husband, one-on-one um, -on -one time with him, because I truly do cherish our moments together. And, 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 and I think me being an older student, it makes me realize like my family comes first 100 percent always and forever uh and and you know um when my dad had his stroke like I was my family like you know needed me needed all of us to be there and I considered and I was so shocked that you know I was willing to put my education on pause to step up and like help my family where they needed to that was something that blew my mind in terms of, you know, having this shift of, you know, priorities. And it was an instantaneous, without a doubt, question that I answered for myself. I was like, yes, of course, like, you know, I would do this. Um, and, you know, returning back, you know, and realizing that family was at the core root of my balance and choosing to be with them and spend time with them and be thankful for them. And even with my husband's family, like, you know, with my in-laws and with my sister-in-law and my nieces and nephews, like, really realizing, you know, these are the individuals, you know, within my life that truly mean and matter to me. And spending and investing quality time with those individuals, it, you can't put a, a value on it. And so it has allowed me to achieve that balance from, you know, my uh, stressful life as a student right now, but then also to kind of uh, couple it with um, a, a, a beautiful, balanced um, personal life that uh, allows me to truly uh, feel centered and feel happy. That's, ama that's amazing to hear. That's really, really cool. I really, I really like that. If there is anyone out there listening right now who has gone through, you know, anything or everything that you've been through, what's some advice that you'd want to tell them? Yeah, well, that's a great question. Um, I think ultimately the first one is you are loved. Um, I think uh, you deserve love. You are worthy of love. Um, there is nothing wrong with you. Uh, you are like, if you're part of the LGBTQIA extended ally community, I want you to let you know you are magical. You are forced to be reckoned with on like this planet Earth and that there is a community and people out there that love you unconditionally and that, you know, you deserve all the love and all the happiness in the world because he, you are a beautiful individual and you deserve nothing but love. That's, that's exactly what I would say to myself, uh, looking back into individuals that have gone through a similar experience, just because I experienced so much hate, so much self-hate, 
um, as well that um, I, I don't wish that on anyone and no one should experience that. Uh, and I think ultimately following that little light that makes you who you are, uh, you're not going to always follow it right the first time. I think, you know, I missed it <laughs> like three or four times in my life before <laughs> I got to some of the you know stages that I'm at in my life right now. Um, but uh, I think always returning to that light of what that spark that makes you who you are is where you can really find so many answers for the bigger, greater questions that I guess exist out there in the world right now. Thank you so, so much for coming on here. I really, really appreciate it. And for anyone who wants to know more about Jordan or, you know, follow his social media or what have you, um, I'll put it in the info of this podcast. And Jordan, if there's anything else you'd like to say. Yeah, so just thank you so much for having me on. I am truly appreciative of this. Um, and, and you know, I want to also add on to that, you know, my mental health experience is ever-growing, ever-changing, ever-evolving. Um, I think, you know, at multiple points in my life, uh, it has demanded certain aspects and certain decisions uh, of me and certain, you know, uh, uh, personalities and certain uh, characteristics of myself that I needed to do to be happy and to be loved for myself. And I think that it is an ever-growing process. So uh, anything that I said, I just also want to, you know, make it be known that uh, I am still learning in my path and that uh, I am truly thankful for this experience. And I hope everyone um, has a beautiful journey in their own self-acceptance of themselves um, and their own journey in mental health, because I, I truly uh, think that everyone can grow and learn and evolve and we can just learn to be an overall better uh, human being by learning more about ourselves and learning about the values that truly make us who we are and the love we choose to give and uh, receive ourselves. I know this has been the first time for me. So it's been really cool to have and step up to the plat uh, to the plate like this and share my experiences on this platform. So thanks again. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, you have to go through the eye of the storm to see the clear horizon ahead. Thanks so much, guys, and I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.